we don't have magic in our world per se and yet it does some things have a kind of magic a dark magic a thing that when you learn about it you read it you look at it it really makes you feel as though an eldritch being is clawing at your sanity and i think that those are the insanity runes and they are scattered across the internet and when you see them you know you send them to your friends to also damage right. them that's exactly. right you feel compelled to you must the insanity ruins are naturally something you have to share with others as a as a form of uh coping with the knowledge yeah. you now own and I, I distinctly remember which tweet i i learned it from which is this one you should, one of you should read it out loud <laughs> All right, I will read this, because this is dire. Uh, <laughs> Howdy, fuckstick. This is her daddy. You do not critique her in any way, especially her time in little space. <laughs> Moving forward, you no longer get to even comment on anything she chooses to do. Unfollow and remove yourself or be removed. I am not in the habit of repeating myself. And then Scudder replies to Chibi Deadpool, uh, who's the previous poster you are totally oblivious to who you are talking to i've been in the space before you were even a pip you're her daddy i'm your and her great grandfather i've done it all daddy <laughs> baby crib snuggles and a whole lot more you couldn't even comprehend kiss my feet and move along oh my god laugh. jesus christ I'm going to start uh, talking like this, I think. Yeah. All right, we got two more. <laughs> you missed. You actually read them out of order. Oh, I'm so I'm really sorry. God. Okay, I'm just going to the last one that I'm not yeah, I'm yeah, not going to. to. <laughs> okay, here's the the grand conclusion. Also from Scutternet. I've been a crinkle bottom diaper wearer since the <laughs> 80s, little boo cake. That's everyone's space is different and has been a long time lie and manipulation tactic perpetuated by masculine cis men to eliminate the community. Next time, save the vulgarities. Toodles. That was really upsetting. Um, How could cis men do this? I think this is their greatest crime. <laughs> Listen to me, you little shit. I've been a crinkle bottom diaper bearer <laughs> since the 80s, little how, boo cake. How has Mitch not pushed the disconnect button yet? <laughs> <is my question. laughs> I've, I've been through it with you all before. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know what you're getting into. <laughs> You've made me read these things before. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, did, did it sound well? It sounded Did okay. Did it listen good? It sounded okay. Uh, I didn't really get much of Mitch. I think, Mitch, you need, to, you need to talk more so I can make sure your audio level is good. Okay. Well, yeah, how does... I forgot how this works. Are you recording me on your end? Yeah. And not me recording on my end? Yeah. Yeah, he's recording it all. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, because I've been recording this whole time. <laughs> 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 I forgot how that works. Um, well, here you go. Here's your little sample size with me and my silly little accent. There you go. That sounds good. <laughs> I appreciate your diligence, though. Yeah, absolutely. We we like to, with the level of professionalism uh, we show, we also offer less commitment. Yeah, I I view it as a service to our guests to not ask them to be expected to record anything, 
It's one of the many services we provide. There's also the aforementioned hammer attacks. Yeah, hammer attacks, <laughs> obviously. Um, calling calling people we don't like the coomer from the name. <laughs> yeah, a forum, a forum to burn any bridge you want uh, in the industry, uh, YouTube right. or uh, gaming. Absolutely. Um, if you want to get arrested for making any death threats against like mm-hmm. uh, U.S. Your politicians, local politicians um, I, you any, know, can, really... I don't know if we can offer that service considering the lack of response thus far uh, to our episodes. <laughs> at, a, at a point, I'm a little insulted, you know, mm-hmm. like, come on, I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you can't. You just get like a DM from the FBI. It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> just like after this episode. <laughs> Just a letter, <laughs> just a letter from the ISP, just like telling me to calm down, <laughs> at least. A letter from your ISP is like, okay, Tony Big Nuts, do it. Fucking do it. Man, I would love to be one of the people that the FBI is like, we're going to try to get you to do terrorism. Just be like, hey, we uh, got a line on a nice bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Nice yeah. try, FBI. Maybe next time. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. We'd have a good time. I think that you're probably not mentally ill enough for the FBI to be interested. I'm doing my best, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think you're isolated enough or have enough problems for them to be like, maybe, ooh, we can exploit this person. Plus you have a platform. Maybe, maybe I need a third podcast. Maybe that's, that's what'll right. do it. That That'll 100% <laughs> degrade you mentally enough to, for the FBI to be like, hmm, this guy could throw some bombs. <laughs> <laughs> if right. you made a podcast called Poor People Should Be Fed, Obama would <laughs> drone strike you before it got updated to the RSS feed. It, it would be the end. Vaporized instantly. It'd be great. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host, Alton, and with me, as always, is Reese. Halo Master Chief. And Kay. That's me. And joining us once again is Mitch, a.k.a. Heavy-Eyed. How's it going? G'day. Uh, it's going all right. It's going all right. Very early. Still tired. We don't... Re- yeah. <laughs> me, me and Mitch basically <laughs> woke up at about, like, the same time and rolled out of bed and was like, oh, it's time to podcast. The thing you want to <laughs> do, first thing after waking up, is hoot and holler about video games. Oh, absolutely. That's 100%. right. And today, like, today, we don't really have, like, a theme, I don't think. We just had, like, a bunch of articles that were uh, risible enough to cover, and we wanted to hang out with Mitch, because Mitch is cool. It was really you know? 95% wanting to hang out with Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. say, I, I think that uh, there is a theme that will become clear as the episode goes on, which can be described as man-made horrors beyond our comprehension. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. It, that typically, mm. that happens even with episodes where we don't plan a theme. It just eventually we yeah. realize that there's some undercurrent of <laughs> pure evil connecting them all. It, it's That's a right. classic pod theme. You know, it's a, it's a Cronenberg <laughs> pod more than a Lynch pod, uh, I, would, I would say, so... So one of the things that has united us here today to speak about video games, to hoot and holler about them, is that there's been a trailer that has been roaring its way through Twitter via quote tweets and snarky replies 
I feel the important context here as well is like currently occurring on social media is the Alex Jones trial, big Donald Trump news that everybody is melting down about. But at once, all of the nerds turned their heads and screamed at this trailer that was just trying to get in under the wire, just get get some uh, a little a little little flash before you know whenever it releases, and no one was having it, and that was so fucking funny. <laughs> The main problem that people have been having with this is the complaint that it's written like a cruel parody of Joss Whedon, or maybe just Joss Whedon. Mm. <laughs> and I, one of the things that gets me about this is that this is kind of the second trailer within like the last couple of weeks that has been the most marvelized bullshit I've ever fucking seen. Mm. And for some reason... One of them got away with it, and the other did not. The first one What's being the D and D movie. Wait. Oh, yeah. I've not seen this. Yeah, there's a oh. fucking trailer out for the new a new D and D movie. You know, I thought that D and D fans should have been fucking satisfied with Jeremy Irons chewing and eating and swallowing the scenery for like an hour and forty minutes, and just. The worst movie you've ever seen, because that oh, yeah. is D&D. &D. It's <laughs> that gets to the spirit of it. Yeah, it's shitty. It rules. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. When I saw this trailer, it, it I, I was just like, well, I'm going to have to turn the voice off, obviously. But it didn't raise a blip. Otherwise, I was just like, yeah, it's a video game trailer with. But this was the one that everybody just. Mm -hmm. They were sick. <laughs> they saw <laughs> Thor, which I think literally has a he's right behind me, isn't he joke? Mm -hmm. um, is what oh, I read. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, and after that, people are just fed up. They're, they're going after Forspoken with hammers. I know. It's quite incredible because it's like when I saw the trailer for the D&D movie, I was like, wow, I could see in some universe this being good. But it's so marvelized that I was just like, this trailer is disgusting. What the fuck? And then I just yeah. read the comments and felt like I was, you know, going crazy because it's like all these people are like, oh, this looks amazing. It looks just like Marvel. And I'm just like, <laughs> haven't you hogs had enough of that? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Animals. And now, for some reason, for this video game, for Forspoken, the world has decided that this is enough. Th no further. Uh, and we're going to subject the listeners to it. So, everyone get get ready, pull it up, you know, start playing oh, it, I'm and ready. then, you know, pause it and rewind it to zero, and we'll do a countdown and play it. And all listen to it live on the pod. I'm ready for darkness. Let's yeah. do it. Let's go. So let me get this straight. I'm somewhere that's not what I would call Earth. <laughs> I'm seeing freaking dragons. And, oh yeah, oh, I'm yeah. talking to a cop. Yeah, okay, that is something I do now. I do magic. Kill Jack. Now this is. This I'll probably fly next. Oh. They fly now. They fly now. <laughs> Here's the thing about writing like this is that it's funny that everyone calls it Whedon-esque because it's not mm. really. Um, Whedon-esque is it's like is, you know, more annoying anyway. It's a very bespoke 
using 40 words when one will do. This mm-hmm. is a uh, punch up voice where you're, you're just like, oh, they're, they're not going to be interested in a demonstration of the gameplay. We need to have these funny little moments. And that punch up voice is something that Marvel uses all the time when they go to rewrites and a scene doesn't have whatever you know, focus group score. That's Mm. the kind of writing they come and bring in. And that's why I'm a little bit sympathetic to the devs because I can't imagine any creative thinks that Mm -hmm. this is good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, And I I have to imagine that like some marketing team at Square was just like, well, we have to, (laughs) we need to get the numbers up and do this, that, and the other. And it is just, they have eaten all of the sin. Man. Yeah. Freaking dragons though. (laughs) <laughs> it's oh, i uh i okay so um you guys were sort of or i think reese at least was saying that this didn't really scan to him as a super egregious the first time he saw it but i can say that when i saw it a little bit before it started to really be a thing i was immediately just i had a physical reaction and i have to this sort of and it's not just the writing itself but the delivery of it is mm. so self-satisfied oh yeah smug millennial sort of dialogue um and it's when i hear it in things it fucking it does something to the deep lizard part of my brain and i just i i crave blood you go look for i the must hammers. have death it's hammer time that's right um I, recently i was watching uh castlevania um the netflix animated oh, show and good god yeah I've, i watched that and I've only seen season one and like, mm. it's, you know, it's, it's not too bad, but there is certainly the, uh, a trend with, uh, especially, uh, Trevor Belmont where he talks like a millennial in this, like, you know, period historical fantasy thing. Um, it's like, no, you, you talk like an annoying fucking 30 year old from this year and you <laughs> must be stopped. And I, I, I hate it when I hear it in anything. I mean, the whole series is just basically like, what if a 13-year-old was able to make like their fan fiction of Castlevania a real thing? It 100% <laughs> reads like that. Like, it's, in a way, it is, um, it's quite endearing because it's, it's pure passion. And it's the pure, right. unfiltered passion and writing of, like I said, like a 13-year-old, like, thinks certain things are cool and is totally oblivious to any cringe. Yeah, and it is dope because of it. <laughs> yeah, I love that show. I <laughs> see. I feel like that is operating on almost a different level. I feel like what we're hearing—it's not cynical. In, yeah, yeah. There, there's this, and you see it in a lot of Marvel movies for sure. There's this. It's like a. It's it's presenting itself as like smug millennial self awareness, but there's like an insecurity to it. It's trying so fucking hard mm-hmm. to be like, no, we're irreverent and epic, and we don't care. Please don't put in the newspaper that we aren't self aware. You know what I mean? And That's it's so weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people value that kind of neurotic self awareness at all. Um, Talking to a freaking cuff. I'm what? talking to a cuff. A freaking drag. <laughs> <laughs> Just fuck me. Like I, uh, the gameplay doesn't look bad. It honestly it looks like it could have been a uh, could be a decent game, but just like the idea of having to listen to any of that frightens me. 
for like yeah, any that's... extended period of time. I'm definitely not playing this. Holy fuck, Oof. can you imagine? I, I don't, if any of you guys played Days Gone by any chance? No. No, I no. heard right, way it... too much negative shit about it. I was like, I'm not playing oh, it's, this. It's, it's not like a, a good game or anything, but uh, the protagonist somewhat infamously never shuts the fuck up. He's constantly narrating everything he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but at least he talks a bit like a normal human being. So it's annoying, but it doesn't make you want to fucking blow your brains out. But if this game functions similarly, I think it will... I think it will end lives. <laughs> mm. I saw something uh, about this game earlier that made it seem annoying, but not quite this punchy, I guess. Mm. But uh, I am very curious uh, on Mitch's take because I, <laughs> I did see on Twitter your, yeah. your response to the Forspoken controversy, and I'm, I, and I'm ready, I'm ready to, to hear you rip. So, okay, it's bad. Like, I just want to get that like, out, out of the way up front. I do mm. think it is bad. But I think a lot of people are pretending that almost every video game writing isn't also cringe. And like mm -hmm. most, like the bar for video game writing is so goddamn low that it, it was crazy to me that this is the thing that blew up. It is very strange. I, I wholly agree with you because like the point I was making earlier was why wasn't there this reaction for like the D&D &D movie, which is pretty bad. Maybe not this bad, mm -hmm. but pretty bad. But anyway, continue. So I just been play, replaying The Witcher Three, and like oh, that no. is bad writing. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, that is like some of the worst writing. Hey, right, everyone, seen get your hammers game. out. Yeah. <laughs> Bring them. Bring them. I don't care. Geralt is the worst video game protagonist. I'm, I'm with you. I I am a Witcher Three hater. Oh thank God, I'm I'm among company. <laughs> Gerald is like the perfect stupid video game protagonist because he's like. <laughs> He's always gruff. He's always like competent. He's always just like wisecracking. You know, he's always like he's always having sex. Yeah, with trying to bang women. him. It's important. It's important to know that he fucks. Yeah, it, it, he fucks. Yeah. And he's he's the exact kind of stupid that Master Chief is, in my opinion. <laughs> We're Master <Whoa> Chief. Now. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna make me. You're gonna make me like. Witcher 3 now. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's like Master Chief. I don't know. Master Chief is like such a, a popular character, even though he doesn't like he has like maybe like 50 ish lines per video game. <laughs> mm. And it's just like something about Halo just strikes me as like really fucking stupid. Halo is pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid in a fun way. It's you know schlocky sci-fi. You know, yeah. He's got like, uh, breaking Benjamin in the soundtrack, like, giving oh, the Covenant it. back their bomb. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm just so epic. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about Halo. Is like everything is like just a da -da -da -da. like it's just this uh this caffeine fueled a perfect yeah, teenage okay. fantasy that. Um, you know, I, I think it's quite. I think it's quite good. But it, Master Chief and characters like Master Chief fascinate me because of how fucking stupid they are. Uh, mm -hmm. And this, yeah. they're so popular despite that, and despite not really being a character. They're just like a gruff, grizzled voice that that follows the camera around. You know, uh, to to bring it back to what Mitch was saying about video game writing, there being such a low bar, and in connection to that, I think, um, I think that's really. When I think about games that I really like, a lot of them have very little dialogue, with the exception mm -hmm. of, you know, major outlier like Disco Elysium. But I think about like 
FromSoft games and Zelda games. I've been playing a lot of both lately and really enjoying them. It's like, there's not a lot of dialogue in there. Uh, and then when I think of games that I really have not enjoyed, I think of games like a game like Days Gone, where and nobody will ever stop fucking talking. Mm -hmm. And the volume of dialogue only reveals how fucking little care is often <laughs> given to like the writing in games. I feel bad for people who write because I can't imagine they're getting any fucking respect in their department. It doesn't seem like no. people give a fuck about that aspect of, of the medium at all. You know, <laughs> it's just like the fucking programmer, just like, like leaning over the cubicle wall. It's like, you writing your words, word boy. Yeah. Go on, <laughs> write some words, word boy. <laughs> Fucking word boy over here. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we're making the real game. <laughs> uh, my final point with this Forspoken thing is if you look at who's actually making it, uh, is it's Square Enix under Luminous Productions. And Luminous Productions got like uh, cut their teeth porting Final Fantasy 15 to Stadia. And then their whole mm. goal create new AAA properties worldwide. So this trailer is what Square Enix thinks of us. Mm. Oh, yeah, I think we deserve that, to be fair, given... 100%, which is why I'm a little bit on Luminos' side in the end. Yeah, it's like, you know what? You're giving us what we fucking deserve. <laughs> I mean, 100%, it doesn't make any sense to me that this inspired such a reaction and the fucking D&D &D one didn't as much like it didn't become like a meme i saw people commenting that like it was a little concerning how like marvel-esque it was and, and that person was me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it didn't like it didn't storm the internet it didn't take the internet by fire being like whoa look at this cringe writing <laughs> i mean one of you said uh sorry i've already forgotten who podcast brain uh mm -hmm. that this could be uh, partly because the fucking Thor just came out. And like, yeah, I saw that. And you know what? Taika Waititi, he's the new fucking Joss Whedon. His writing is starting to fucking grate on me. The mm. dialogue in that movie just, oh, shut up. <laughs> finally, someone, finally people are realizing it. Oh, my God. I've known this for a very long time about uh, Taika Waititi because he, I am from New Zealand, right? And he right. is also from New Zealand, and I have been following him since 2006, my last year of oh, high wow. school. Oh wow! Okay, so 2006, 2007, we went to the world premiere of his first movie, Eagle vs Shark. That movie sucks. Uh. <laughs> I had some good. <clears throat> that sorry, sorry to interrupt, but thank you. Um, we're we're really reinforcing each other because I worked at a video store when that movie came out, and I hated it. And everyone's like, "What a wonderful, charming New Zealand comedy." Ugh. Alone. <laughs> Everyone just likes him because of what we do in the shadows. Yeah, that movie's alright. It's fine. Huh? I didn't think it was anything special, and then it blew up overseas, and I was like, "Why the fuck was this the one to blow up overseas Listen, from New Zealand?" Bitch, you, we Americans... need, you need to understand that. Yeah, Americans. <laughs> I just like they hear an accent like that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. So oh. charming and foreign. And then we eat a cheeseburger. That's true. yeah. I was I was in the states for three months. I unfortunately was the person who received that. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! What's your accent? <laughs> yeah, Ooh. a lot of. Are you from London? Are you no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, that's a sexy accent. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be jealous of America when you go back to Austria? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I know this is wildly off topic, but I once had a Lyft driver ask me, like, because I also grew up in Australia. Um, she was like, how are you still alive? Because I grew up in Australia. Like, she just thought that people were dying all the time because of, like, the snakes and shit. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. It's a fucking I lived in the city. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Well, my understanding is is it's not the the spiders you got to worry about. Is that it's it's people thinking the ko- koalas are cute and then just oh. absolutely getting murdered. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, I hate koalas. I hate I hate koalas with everything in me. <laughs> they during mating season they sound like wild pigs, and when <laughs> you're trying to sleep and it's like midnight and you can just hear all oh, these yeah. like wild pigs in the forest. It's like oh, cool. <laughs> I ain't sleeping. This Wallace. is like a nightmare fuel. <laughs> They're boning down. I've heard the <laughs> the, the mating calls. Like, <laughs> that, yeah, oh my, that was like a perfect impression. Wow. <laughs> Maybe that's also Alton's mating call. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Vagatwato is anti-koala. Uh, 100%. <laughs> they have to be stopped. Yeah. yeah. Throw that. Throw those little fuckers in the forest fire. <laughs> Maybe that's going yes, a bit too far. How I ended up here throwing all these koalas into a fire. I guess that's just the thing I do now. Oh my god. Freaking koalas. <laughs> the um the replies to the Forsaken trailer or Forsaken Forspoken uh-huh. um have a lot It has been Forsaken to be trailer. fair. It has been Forsaken. I linked uh, a Bloodborne one. People are just doing like for different games, riffs, yeah. Trailers but, in that theme, it's very good. Forspoken bought, uh, you know, algorithm window in Twitter, and it is all focused on uh, people roasting it. Like if you quick click on the Forspoken uh, trailer, mm-hmm. it is a digest of literally every single Forspoken joke, with the occasional. It doesn't look that bad mm-hmm. from me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Other video games are getting in on it as well. Some game called High on Life has done their own ver- parody version. Yo, oh I don't think god. Rick and Morty should be doing uh, those kind of jokes. Is that oh, yeah. a Rick and Morty joint? Yeah, yeah that Rick and Morty game. Oh. And I think it's got Mike from Red Letter Media or is it Rich Evans? It's got one of them doing some voice acting. Interesting. I haven't actually heard of this game. I just looked in the, the quote tweets and it was one of the top ones. Yeah, the company that made is making a World War One game. Also got in on it. That's wild. Now that rules. <laughs> Freaking I, I, mustard gas. I, I think oh, yeah. I really think other video games got in on that one a little too quickly. I feel every company really needed to take longer to look inward before they uh, crafted their bit. You know, oh, air, the air horrors of war are right behind me, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of a personal um, what's the opposite of a pet peeve, you know, like a thing, a, a niche thing that you really love um, fetish. That's <laughs> I was trying so hard to think of any word but fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Something I really like, though, is uh, games about real historical wars that just do not have any respect at all for the gravity of the material. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. That's every true. time. It's like, oh, World War One. It's epic. Um, world world war one is the funniest one to do uh, every time the best one yeah. in my opinion is uh the napoleonic wars because they've got like oh what is that fucking game called i played it for ages and i can't even remember total war no it's that uh third person shooter 
I'm looking a through. third person shooter. Hold fast, nations at war. Oh, that game! Oh, it's my, fucking awful. Game. It's insane. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> <shitty>. It is. <laughs> It's so janky, and nobody is taking it seriously. They're all, like, oh. hardcore role-playing the most posh British people or the most, like, French French people. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, everyone gets really into it. Like, uh, well, the good players do. So the other, the bad players just call you slurs. Um, I've learned to me. Uh, yeah. Definitely. I just rolled around playing a flute for a while, and then was like, this game is very bad i'm going to stop i played this for like 20 hours i loved it damn my favorite example of that is battlefield vietnam um there mm. really is nothing funnier than just like 12 multiplayer characters loading up into uh, a helicopter playing blasting fortunate sun or ride of the valkyries and just flying straight into a mountain <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like giving the vietnam war the respect it deserves yeah. uh, like, of course you can play uh, the Viet Cong, and you have a lot of very interesting gameplay options that I don't think I'll revisit uh, with a modern eye. Right. <laughs> oh, but, no. um, or you can play the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. I think we should probably move on to the next section. Oh, uh, yeah, we've been riffing on this for we 40 do minutes. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, something I wouldn't call a freaking competent podcast <laughs> <laughs> moving on from forespoken in the news recently another powerful cringe ruin has manifested itself and this has this to me is sort of the this the summation like this is the oh, what is that word that means highest point the opposite of nadir the peak apex the apex thank you reese the apex Perfect of 9-11 jokes has finally <laughs> has finally entered into the world and wow it could it came in a form the only kind of form that it could have come in because the greatest 9-11 joke can't be a joke the greatest 9-11 joke is something that makes a joke out of 9-11 <laughs> and does it <laughs> Holy seriously. Anyway, people have probably guessed what I'm talking about. This is about the GameStop 911 NFT. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, fuck. By GameStop. I think there's like a very important thing to add as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like GameStop Marketplace or whatever. I know. GameStop desperately, furiously trying to remain relevant as store after store closes thanks to a digital retail. It, it has to be said because, you know, uh, who knows uh, what our listeners when our listeners thinks we recorded this? But this uh, <laughs> dropped long after the NFT crash. GameStop was just like, you know what? Front page of the website, nine <laughs> eleven NFT. Um. Oh yeah, this is like months after the, like the giant like eighty percent dip in like NFT value and trading across the board, and so well after it's already been established like oh nfts have sort of had their moment in the sun long after it's had their moment in the sun they're just sort of like you know what we need an nft of a, a person committing suicide on 9-11 oh my god it's so dark but anyway we've got this article here from kutaku gamestop 9-11 nft pulled after selling dozens of times an nft based on a man killed during the terrorist attack has been sold for days by Ethan Gatch. So let's get into this article just to give everyone a good overview. 
Ethan Gatch is the author of the article. He did not uh, <laughs> sell <laughs> dozens of the NFT. No, he, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope that that's clear. <laughs> Don't go to Ethan Gatch like, why did you sell the 911 NFT? No, people are going to Ethan Gatch being like, why do you write for Kotaku? Uh, I'm also outside your front door. <laughs> I know. Where, here's your home address. Stop writing for Kotaku. Because people are animals. Jesus. Anyway, shortly after GameStop launched its NFT marketplace earlier this month, one creator started selling an NFT called, quote, Falling Man, mimicking the infamous photograph from September 11th, 2001. It changed hands dozens of times, eventually fetching hundreds of dollars until GameStop quietly removed it sometime over the weekend. GameStop launched its NFT marketplace just days after the latest round of mass layoffs at its corporate offices. Users can mint and trade autographed JPEGs, <laughs> with GameStop <laughs> taking a small cut of each transaction. Since it went live, the platform has earned the ailing gaming retailer over $200,000 in estimated commissions. At least $100 of that seems to come from the 9-11-inspired NFT. Awesome. Created by user Jules and seemingly uploaded to the GameStop NFT platform within a day of its debut, the, quote, Falling Man NFT displays an astronaut between two sets of vertical black and white columns. Quote, this one probably fell from the MIR station, reads a caption referencing a low-orbit Russian space station. <laughs> Oh, while GameStop's NFT's marketplace mascot is an astronaut, the Falling Man NFT is otherwise a ripoff of the Falling Man photo taken by the Associated Press's Richard Drew on the morning the two planes were flown. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at 9-11 again. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I, I think that we get the point. Yeah. Like, it's it, it just going into the history of how it's been sold. Um, it got picked up by the web blog. Web3 is going great, which is a pretty good blog. And where we got our story uh, a couple episodes ago about, you know, how basically North Korea is bilking the entire, <laughs> the entire Western world using NFTs, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, so uh, once again, we salute uh, our, our glorious father. Indeed. And the ideology of Juche. And uh, exactly. this NFT. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it would fucking rule to find out that this is made by like a, Korea, a North Korean artist. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, that, would, that would be so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I love that when they sold a lot of them, they started... Um, cranking up the price because the first one sold for like 30 bucks and now they're asking seven and a half grand yeah that's what I was 911 nft that's what i was looking at as well like that's wild and there's 25 of them wow oh sorry the last little bit of the article is while the nft market in general has cratered some of gamestop's most fervent meme stock investors believe its nft marketplace will be a key part of the company's pivot toward growth while the 9-11 NFT was being slammed on social media, GameStop, quote, apes 
on the GME and Superstonk subreddits were going bananas after the Blockbuster Twitter account went on a posting spree. Oh, some in the community think it means the now liquidated movie re uh, rental business will be joining GameStop's NFT platform. Blockbuster went bankrupt nearly a decade ago. These are like <laughs> the most gullible people somehow. Yeah. Like, I know that we were fairly positive in our com our coverage of, like, the GameStop stonk thing. Oh, yeah. But that was only because it was, it, was, it was fucking over worse people, right? Yeah. But mm -hmm. now it's sort of like the joke has come and gone. It's like there's no reason to be a GameStop stonks person. Like, that, that time has come and gone. You did the most amount of good you could possibly do and bankrupted some investment companies. Now, yeah. there's no real point. Like, you're just... The meme is sort of just continuing on because people are just doing, posting, like, stupid hodl shit, you know? And that is sort of, like, the perfect demographic for NFT garbage. Well, the, the stock people caught him with a sucker punch, and, you know, it's, it's great to see, uh, see a shithead get sucker punched, no matter who it's from, but... After that, the uh, the feds or whatever would knew what to do. They would just suspend Robinhood anytime things got a little bit weird, or and yeah. and so it was very funny that it was this huge movement, and uh, just immediately uh, they're just like, just for this one thing, we're going to regulate this one little thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Is you you having any power? Mm -hmm. And now that GameStop has this dedicated base of rubes. Mm -hmm. From their perspective, wisely pivoted to NFTs, the only thing that rubes are more excited about than stonks. Speaking of stonks, though, there is actually uh, quite a bit of news relating to this. I, I don't think I want to get into some of these articles. Um, one of them is crypto-driven GPU crash makes NVIDIA miss Q2 projections by 1.4 billion, which is awesome. We love to see the cryptos crash so that we can actually buy GPUs. Oh my god, like the fucking two and a half years where you just could not buy a GPU for love or money because yeah. of the yeah. pandemic. I had to buy my computer pre-built because it was the only way to get a 30 series graphics card. Yeah. Oh wow. I've still got a 1070 and I'm lucky that it's, it's still alright. I might need to upgrade mm. it in the near future, but hopefully it'll be normal prices by then. Yeah. My my good GPU that I had, like, just decided to fucking die at, like, the beginning of the pandemic. And so I was scrabbling to oh, get, no. like, a decent gaming card. So as soon as one was available, I was just like, yep, okay, give me. Listen, we're, we're a premium video game podcast. And exactly. the viewers need for us to be able to, to see all the textures on Sonic's ass, you mm. know? <laughs> so you've got to have that good GPU. You exactly. need the fur physics. Yeah you, see yeah, you gotta see. You need to have PhysX animation on his dangling cock and balls. That's right. With <laughs> ray tracing light beams. My recommendation is to destroy everything video game related in your life and take a class. Um, so uh, neither PC nor console. But, <laughs> but outside. Yeah, learn how to make something with your hands like a fucking adult. How exactly. About? That's right. Like NFTs. <laughs> Like NFTs. Like NFTs. <laughs> Learn That's right. We're skill. announcing <laughs> we're announcing our podcast NFT. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're partnering with North Korea to bring the official <laughs> Vigatuto NFT collection. <laughs> it's, it's just the three of us falling out of the Twin Towers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's very funny. Did you all know that I technically have NFTs out there? Do you? No. What? So, okay. I don't know if they're still out there, but there was a period of time where someone was scraping all of Bandcamp's data and turning the songs into NFTs and selling oh. them. And all of the bands I was in got scraped. That fucking sucks. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Speaking of, let's switch to a related topic. Indie devs outraged by unlicensed game sales on NFT. Oh my God. GameStop's NFT market. It may be impossible oh. to remove the games from the internet by Kyle Orland. This comes to us from Ars Technica. In the first week of GameStop's recently launched NFT market, the nifty arcade collection stood out from the pack. Instead of offering basic JPEGs, the collection provided, quote, interactive NFTs linked to HTML5 games that were fully playable from an owner's crypto wallet or from the GameStop marketplace page itself. There's only one problem. Many of those NFT games were being minted and sold without the creator's permission, much less any arrangement for the creators to share in on the crypto profits. Wow. Uh, while the man behind this the Nifty Arcade has been suspended from GameStop's NFT market, he's still holding on to tens of thousands of dollars in cryptocurrency he made by selling those NFTs before the suspension. While the NFTs in questions are no longer listed on the GameStop's NFT marketplace, the unlicensed game themselves can still be accessed on GameStop's servers and across a distributed file storage system where they may now be functionally impossible to remove. So, in related news, people just steal shit to mint as NFTs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is such an insane thing to just do in general. And the fact that now you can just play whatever game on the GameStop.com website, then they're just shrugging. They're like, sorry, we stole your video game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like the consequences for this are just like, Oh, they got removed from the NFT marketplace. Yeah. Here's the most the most infuriating thing about this. This guy was just sort of like taking other people's work and just being like, oh, it doesn't have a license. It's open source. It's public domain. A lot of these had like the Creative Commons license, which prohibits commercial use of the content. Ugh. I love how little these guys seem to know at all about copyright like law. Yes. Yeah, oh my god, like the fucking idiots that were trying to like make some kind of like NFT for like the Dune book or some stupid shit because oh, yeah. they thought it would like they would own it if they had an NFT. Like they do not <laughs> understand ownership at all. No. People who have no concept of like legal ownership or copyright law or licensing and they've just fucking filled the internet with stolen shit that they're selling it is not about for me about necessarily that even as you just look at all the games they're all like super small indie games you know people they're, they're clearly picking on people who can't fight back you know it'd be mm. it would whip ass if you could play assassin's creed uh three on uh gamestop that'd be really funny yeah. um but of course <laughs> that's not that's not what's going to happen because people would actually get in trouble. So this is how the thing is, is like, this is how with, with copyright stuff is just like, whenever people are talking about it, even it's not even really about the copyright law because the copyright law doesn't really exist unless, you know, you want to 
put your whole ass into enforcing it. And as an indie creator, that can be incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Take this fucker to court yourself at your own expense? You know? Mm -hmm. It really is. It's just like the moment, like anytime there's like this financialization scheme, the thing that they always do is target the vulnerable like indie developers like small time game creators they never ever go after corporate well some of them do and then they <laughs> they eat shit get and get so yeah. so bad oh yeah if you did this to nintendo they'd carpet bomb your fucking house God, like, yeah like yeah. nintendo's <laughs> lawyers sprayed. the second you <laughs> uploaded it like nintendo's lawyers would be outside your house with like a bone saw and like extra thick like trash bags <laughs> you really think GameStop would be saying uh, this is impossible to remove if it was Legend of Zelda? You know, something like yeah. that. Uh huh. Would simply not even be thinkable. And that's why uh, NFT people are little worms. Exactly. <laughs> One last article. I'm not going to even read all of it, but it's from Esquire. The crypto revolution wants to reimagine books by Ella Griffin. And this is a tweet from Sam McQueen. Uh, at Samuel underscore McQueen. And this is just a little snippet of what the crypto dorks want to do to every single possible conceivable thing, including like uh, real estate, quote unquote, in the metaverse. And uh, Kay, would you read this one for us? Of course. The Sam McQueen tweet. Um, what if you could own a stake in Harry Potter? What if the book series functioned like a publicly traded company where individuals could buy stock in it? And as the franchise grows, those stocks become more valuable. Oh. If this were the case, someone who purchased just 3% of Harry Potter back when there was only one book would be a billionaire now. <laughs> Good God. Just imagine how that would affect the reading experience. <laughs> Suddenly, a trip to Barnes & Noble becomes an investment opportunity. Oh. Early readers could spot the next big thing and make a $100 contribution that becomes 10000 or even 100000 if the book's popularity grows. If readers could own a percentage of the franchise, they might then be incentivized to help that book succeed. This sucks. No. This sucks so bad. The deranged drive to financialize every single aspect of life to me is the bleakest part of this whole thing. These people are like, mm. I, you know, every day I take a shit and I make no money. What mm. if I could invest in taking a shit and this would inspire taking shit more coin. shits? Get money <laughs> while you're on the dump. I'm curious when you had, uh, you discovered the NFT stuff, um, did you... Uh, you know, go down in the muck and actually try to talk to any of these people or say this isn't cool? Um, or did you just stay away? Just, this is too disgusting. So I am very petty. Um, and I found the guy's Twitter and I DM'd him, DM'd him and just called him a dork. And that was it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, like, no one's going to buy my like weird New Zealand hardcore band song from 2009. <laughs> As an NFT, so like it was fine. Like I knew he wasn't going to be making more money than we ever did from it. So I just wanted to yeah. call him a dweeb and leave. I thought that, that was enough for me. <laughs> That's the accessible option to non corporations. Like they have copyright lawyers, we have cyberbullying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
Same level of effectiveness. Don't worry about it. But, <laughs> gang, hear me out. Uh-huh. What if you could make money while calling <laughs> while calling no. your favorite U.S. politician a fucking ball bag on Twitter.com? Tell me more. <laughs> I love to invest. Imagine, if you will, if you had invested $10 into the harassment Anita Sarkeesian got <laughs> before Gamergate. You could be a millionaire or even a billionaire. No, don't I, ask me how it works. <laughs> Sarkeesian coin. Did you hear about that? <laughs> the Family Guy Funny Moments pyramid scheme? Um, oh, yeah. No, what? He was like having what? other people make his content you know the, i don't even know that like you know funny family guy funny moments is like there's a zillion youtube channels with that idea and somebody organized it into a pyramid scheme where just like you can set up a funny a family guy funny moments channel and if you get someone else to create their own family guy funny moments channel you get part of their revenue and it was perfect it was the future of business Late stage capitalism oh is just reinventing the pyramid scheme over and over and over again. It seems. Yep. Uh, here we go. There's a tweet from Plank Wave. There's literally a fucking Family Guy funny moments pyramid scheme on YouTube. Family Guy Wild make a thousand dollars uploading Family Guy clips bitly.com link. Oh my lord! Uploading wow. YouTube short clips is the easiest way to make money online right now. Our course reveals a repeatable, si- systematic, simple approach to build profitable shorts channel with just 20 minutes per day. Seriously. So I can um, counter this. I know it's like a very obviously a scam, but I have the evidence to back it up. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know how much you guys are into the streamer world, but Ludwig is someone I follow very closely. And he had a clip. I think his, like, because it was a short, a YouTube short. And it got 10, 20 million, maybe even 100 million views. It got a lot of views. And he was on his podcast talking about it. And he was just like, guess how much I made with millions and millions of views. It was $80 because it was a short. And shorts don't run ads. Mm. Oh. So... You're paying forty-seven dollars to access the Family Guy pyramid scheme, and you're not like you know that's half the money you would make on one for a million views, which is not going to yeah. happen. Millions, yeah. yeah. Jeez, we if you pay us fifty dollars in Nintendo eShop bucks, we will teach you how to make Gamergate NFTs that you can retire on. <laughs> podcasting scheme let's do it let's get everyone everyone in our discord to be like for 50 dollars, we will let you in on the secrets of, <laughs> of hooting and hollering on the internet <laughs> finally we can rip off everyone in the discord i've been waiting for this day it's time we're doing it we're gonna make everyone furious at us when they realize that we they've spent all their money on a terrible idea, they will come to our house with hammers. Our podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> really, I think one of the things I want to bring up before we move on, which I think we can probably just wrap up. Yeah. After this, the the last thing I kind of want to say about this is that like the financialization of everything. Um, and I don't want to pretend to be some kind of expert. But I've seen speculation from people like Matt Chrisman 
and others that are basically like, you know, Mark's falling rate of profit prediction or mathematical equation that he has in capital is strongly related to why now everything is being financialized as a means to sort of curtail that inevitable decline. Yes. And I just yeah. wondered what, like, what your thoughts on that are. I mean, I think that we're, we're at that stage because um, sort of the, the last stage we were in was kind of the proletarianization of the remainder of, of sort of China and India and uh, the globe as yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just parts of the global South that had not been fully proletarianized or they're starting to really get there and markets have to be constantly expanding um, because otherwise they're fucked. Uh, So the only choice once you've, uh, sort of financially included, to use a, a, a evil economics euphemism, huh? uh, as many people as you really are going to, is you just you simply need to create new markets. And what better way than just monetizing things that basically don't exist? This exactly. is this feels like such a desperate last ditch effort for growth. Once there's nowhere left to grow, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the metaverse and all the associated shit with that was just sort of like, well, the real life housing bubble like real estate as an investment scheme has really reached the point where it's teetering on the brink of complete collapse because it is no longer sustainable why don't we make virtual real estate that people can buy and i believe that i saw recently that that has also absolutely collapsed in value so that's really? fine yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, w- what I love about the argument for virtual real estate, real estate, is that the thing they're most excited about was virtual ad space in virtual real oh estate. It's just like once they hang out in their own fake meta, that's a whole new, endless scalable universe where we can put a billboard on it. It's amazing. Imagine like logging into work and your like VR helmet from your tiny cubicle-esque bedroom in like some sort of multiplex where you are, you're one of the lucky ones because you don't live in a sleeping tube like the rest of the proles. And you log into your job with your headset and then before you can even get anywhere, there's just a fucking pop-up ad for boner pills that you have to like press X on like three (laughs) times before it finally gets out of your way. And then, like, every 30 minutes while you're trying to concentrate on work, you just get another fucking, like, YouTube ad for, like, xylomenophil may cause this distended bowel syndrome and shit like that. It's just, like, a horrific future that capitalism seems to bend towards always. Like, it never, like, the longer it goes on, the more horrific our fictional ideas are of capitalism and it's so strange to see something like Ready Player One treat that as like an idyllic future when it's really going yeah. to be absolutely fucking horrifying. And oh, then yeah. previous conceptions of like a dystopic capitalist future now seem quaint, idyllic. Like cyberpunk, for example, is like the 1980s version of like, oh man, what if the future capitalism is going to be so fucking bad? <laughs> Yeah, you have to pay rent on your body parts, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not really that different from the modern reality of like insulin being like five hundred dollars a vial and shit like that. Oh my god, yeah. 
Yep. I forget what it's like uh, over there. Yeah, I mean, fuck, in, like, I was just visiting uh, Canada, and even with their, like, so-called socialized healthcare, uh, prescriptions aren't covered. Uh, so I know someone who, they spend hundreds of dollars every fucking month mm-hmm. just on, like, fucking diabetes medicine that they need and shit. Um, and if and if you want to have a fucking EpiPen, if you've got like severe allergies, you oh, fuck, you're fucked. That costs so much. It's like a yeah. grand. And but hey, you weed can just is eat legal. Shit. Now. It's just all covered. But weed is legal, so maybe use that instead of real medicine. Healthcare. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> healthcare. I'm allergic to orange juice, so I, I have a giant Rick and Morty bong ready to go. Anytime, if I actually accidentally eat something uh, with with oranges in it or anything, and just you know, just cleanse it right out. Hell yeah, dude! Just, just to show some uh, some light in the world. Um, in New Zealand, insulin if you earn money costs fifty dollars. If you're on the unemployment benefit, it's five dollars, sometimes free. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, it's, I mean, yeah, in the UK, uh, like prescription prices are capped at like, I think it's like 15 pounds or something. And it's like, yeah, that's such an important fucking policy. It doesn't matter if you can see a doctor for free, if what he prescribes you costs you a fucking fortune, mm-hmm. you know? But of course, all those systems are relatively precarious because the reactionary wing of capital is always attempting to claw away yeah. that sector oh, so yeah. that it can be monetized. Oh, buddy, don't I know it? Yeah. yeah. I think that's really astute, Alton. And I think, you know, we're seeing it everywhere. The most recent silly thing was the whole drama over HBO Max. And you'd see these blue checks posting just like, what if entertainment executives cared about the movies? And you're just like, Jesus Christ, are you really, are you really <laughs> typing that sentence out? And it's, <laughs> it's going to get, and it's going to get so much worse in all of this where the need to be scalable is so ingrained to these freaks that they're just going to crumple our society until we're sick of it, basically. Mm-hmm. Or we all die. That's another I mean, possibility. You know, the rainwater becomes just molten plastic raining from the win- sky. <laughs> Win-win, as what I say. Oh, I pray. I pray every day. For the microplastic... Mm, mm, ooh, spicy rain. The microplastic rain. torrent from above. <laughs> Just washing off in like a fucking torrent of fucking Legos. <laughs> Just peeling off my skin. <laughs> on me. I'm glad I'm glad we had you on, Mitch. We we seem to only have you on for the very happy, non depressing episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's only the happiest times here. For me. <laughs> well, if we wanna end on a better note, I think uh, Reese wanted to talk about Unsighted, which I understand is a baller ass game. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mitch uh, has been killing it lately. You should check out every single one of his videos. That is correct. The the, uh, one uh, that is especially amazing uh, that I don't, we can't really get into, but the universe is beautiful and I'm no longer afraid to die. I'm not going to even get into it. It's incredible. 11 out of 10. What I do want to talk about is Mitch's recommendation for the best game of 2021 you haven't played, which is Unsighted, which I think was developed just by two people in Brazil. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible indie effort that I I haven't seen in a long time, Um, and I think everybody owes it to themselves to check it out. Would you agree with that, Mitch? Yeah, a little bit, you know. (laughs) But importantly, can I buy it from the GameStop NFT marketplace? As a, as uh, possibly, 
<laughs> I'm going to be listing it very soon for the uh, <laughs> nifty marketplace. <laughs> this is what you get for sending me a free code. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is just like the perfect experience because it's it, for me, it speaks to everything I like, which is it's kind of like Zelda. It's kind of like Dark Souls. It's focused around speed running. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything is very well thought out. You know, the combat is very precise and you have to be patient but also quick and it's also got a gay robot love story in it you know who doesn't want that hell yeah Indeed. it is <laughs> the gayest robot love story yeah um, and it it just doesn't hold back you know because it's two two developers just coming out of brazil making something they don't have to appease corporate overlords so they just got to do it if they wanted yeah that is a, a big benefit of indie games is that the the cowardice displayed like relative to the amount of power AAA companies have is like inversely proportioned. So it's just yeah. like or I should say the bravery rather. So it's like the the more the bigger they are, the more cowardly they are. Like for some reason having all the wealth in the world doesn't make you artistically bold. It makes you just absolutely the most conservative, the most oh well this was popular last year, so ship it again. And uh, mm-hmm. indie games mm-hmm. can actually be um, good <laughs> and not yeah. trash, which is what most AAA games are. The one other thing I would like to mention about Uncited is what makes it uh, so compelling to me is that there is a mechanic where since everybody's a robot in this game, they all have a certain battery life left before uh, they get corrupted they die they lose their the robot soul and you can turn this off if it's too stressful because it is very stressful and and mm-hmm. the game um gives you you know more things that you can use on your upgrades or you can give to your friends and your friends have will give you uh things in return but sometimes people just need help you know it's different things and it's, it's really difficult to save everybody and requires like a lot of knowledge of the game. Um, and I, I really liked both how stressful it was as like, I was worried about my friends dying while trying to figure out the aquarium puzzle or whatever, but also, you know, just the way it makes you connect with that and like playing through it a second time to speed run. You're like, this time I'm going to see the shopkeeper who, who upgrades my weapons. Like yeah. <laughs> it does a lot of really interesting mechanical things. What's cool about that. Um, even just like a little step further. I tested this out myself is if your time, like your character's time runs out, your save file becomes inaccessible. It bricks and you have to start again. It's like the um, Hellblade promise actually delivered. Wow. Oh, that rules. I love games that stress me out and cause me pain. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to love this. You, you can um, turn it off. And yeah, I, I'm not being sarcastic. No, I'm, I'm hyped for this. <laughs> One of the saddest things that had in, happened in Unsighted was your little, like, Zelda fairy-esque companion. When her time ran out, I was distraught. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up. I mean, it, it took yeah. me a while to, to, to actually get to the end. But there's a lot of, like, secrets and extra stuff, too. But you can really just kind of experience it and play it uh, fairly quickly at the same time. Yeah. And it teaches you speedrunning in, like, its base mechanics. It's real dope. I'm sorry to butt in on this discussion because it seems like you guys could go on for much longer, but we're at an hour and 20 minutes and we need to wrap up. Oh, damn. Yeah. So my personal recommendation for one of Mitch's videos is I really loved your Yakuza video and how it. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. See, what was the title of that one again? 
uh, was, crime and uh, humanity in Yakuza. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, you knew that and I didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's a, an excellent video. One of my favorites. So go check that out. Where can people find you online, Mitch? Um, it's heavy eyed one word everywhere, except on Twitter where it's heavy X eyed, because I think I say this every time, but there's some account out there <laughs> that hasn't been active since 2009 with heavy eyed and they've got like two tweets and it bothers oh, me. You son of a them bitch. Every day. No, we're oh, <laughs> enemy of the pod. We're bringing our hammers. Hammers out. <laughs> it's time to get your cyberbullying NFT cryptocurrency folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh unhinged american shooters that's, that's <laughs> all right so Kay, where can people find you online oh you can find me on the youtubes at k and skittles i have got a video coming out soon about the way neoliberalism uh sort of reshapes human beings into agents of capital accumulation which i think is very related to the nft discussion we had today so mm -hmm. watch that oh, that that sounds like it'd be a good thing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> um, that be great. Yeah, it's a video about how dope that is and that how, we love it. <laughs> what if you could make money while you slept? Dream coins. <laughs> we install a small <laughs> device in your head to power the blockchain with a part of your brain usually reserved for dreaming. You will experience <laughs> the worst nightmares you've ever had in your life, but will be richer when you wake up. If you wake up. There are still some teething problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, also follow me on Twitter at KN Skittles. Uh, that's me. Hey, Reese, where can people find you at? You can find me at Your Very Good Bud on Twitter and also Your Very Good Bud on Twitch, where sometimes I play Dub Wars. Nice. All right. You can find me at 8Alton8 on Twitter. I have a YouTube channel that I don't really use that much, but I will upload ep episodes more one day, which is Alton Plays. And then go and follow me on Twitch at Alton8, just Alton and then the number 8. I want to get those numbers up, baby. I don't know why this is important to me. I didn't give a shit about streaming for like five years. And then one day I was bored <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm just going to stream. And then I'm just like, now it's the most important thing to me. You must all satisfy my colossal ego. Um... <laughs> Our Elden Ring playthrough was, uh, I think, really good, actually. Was there was a lot, lot of good bits. Oh, yeah. That's I downloaded true. most of those. I think I missed the first one because after like 30 days or something, it kicks the VOD off. But I downloaded yeah. most of them, and I'm probably going to go through those uh, at some point when I'm bored and make more highlight videos, which I've already done with the, our Jackbox party streams, which are very, very funny, and you should go watch them. Anyway. Follow Alton on Twitch. Yes. Um, give him a tier three subscription. Oh uh, buy uh, <laughs> his gamer water. Yes. Buy my <laughs> your your money goes directly to my supply of gamer girl piss. So it goes to a good <laughs> That's cause. Right. Uh, That's right. Anyway, you can find our main account at Vigatwato on Twitter. Our website is videogamesoftheworst.pinecast.co and our Patreon patreon.com slash vigatuto where one dollar a month gets you all of our previously made premium content including our never publicly released jeffrey epstein episode where we speculate <laughs> on the relationship w between him and bobby kotick and our mountain dew horror stories episode which is horrifying and one of our recent episodes that reese uh just 
drug up from the grave, which we is <laughs> video games are okay, maybe, where we occasionally admit that a video game was all right. And I think <laughs> that is everything for today. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you for having me. It was fun, yeah, as always. Indeed. One, two, Bye. Three, four, Farewell. Bye. Bye. Bye.